This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. I want to say a, a special thank you to those of you who found out I, I was in the hospital this week, and I, am, I feel great. So, um, thank you. Uh, I would just like to say that Tuesday I was so sick I could barely remain conscious. And God did something that the doctors have no explanation for. And the doctor came to me and said, we don't know what happened, but it seems like instantaneously all your numbers went to normal and we have no explanation. So how about a hand for God? Yeah. I am super excited to get to teach you today, but before I blow through the pastoral prayer, which is really important, uh, let me just jump into that. So would you join me in prayer, please? Father, just reading through that psalm and hearing how much you love us and hearing your heart to walk with us and provide for us, Uh, and to protect us. How could we ever doubt who you are? So as your kids, we come this morning, and God, we want to lift up another church in our town, City Parish, and their pastor, Daniel Husky, and God, we're comforted that they're a ministry partner with us, helping to proclaim the good news of Jesus in our town. Would you bless them? And would you be present with them this morning? And then, God, there's a couple of other things. The economic stability in our world right now has a big question mark over it. And whenever economies get unstable, it produces massive hurt and in. Families struggle and people struggle. So we pray for the economic stability of our world. We pray for the banks where people have their money, that, that, that there would be no more collapses. And God, we pray for the people in Texas who are reeling from that shooting, that mass shooting, and it's just amazing we're 127 days into this year, and there have already been 199 mass shootings in our, just in our country. And God, I know it's no coincidence that the further we wander away from you, the more these horrible things take place. But we love the people of our world, and we love the people of our country. And God, we pray, we pray that somehow you would intervene so that we could live normal and peaceful lives in this world. And God, we look forward to the day when you make it all right. But between now and then, thank you for walking with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what a wonderful morning. I have a confession to make. I'm going to teach on a subject this morning. 
I've been a pastor for 54 years, and I'm a little ashamed to say I have never actually taught directly on this subject. And so I've already processed all that with God, but the flip side of that is I'm super excited to be able to teach us this morning. If you've come here for a while, you know that I regularly teach that God is our father and we are his kids, right? Yeah, and and everything that flows out of our life flows out of that relationship. But this morning, in this series that we're in called Divine Companionship, this morning we're going to tackle something brand new. And I hope to be able, sometimes there are things, there, when I teach, there are things that we understand this morning, I hope that what we are able to get is some actual training, okay, for maybe a new skill in our lives. So the whole idea of divine companionship, this is part number four. The first three parts you'll see on the screen right now. The first Sunday we talked about divine, getting the right perspective. If we don't understand who God is, then we'll never understand how to actually have and build a friendship with him. And then the second week, we talked about divine purpose, understanding God's will. If we think God's will is over here, but it's actually over here, we spend all of our time over here and somehow we miss God in the process. And then last week, we talked about internal postures that, that are necessary for us to be able to receive this companionship with God. And if you didn't get, get a chance to be here I want to encourage you, go to our website. You can pull up those teachings. They're about a half hour long each, and it will really help give you the background of what we're going to talk about today, because today we're going to talk about communication pathways. In other words, understanding the way that God speaks to us. Quite often I stand here and I will say to you, that I was sitting with God and God downloaded something to me or I felt like God said to me or God guided me or the Spirit of God nudged me and pushed me in a direction. And I've walked this way my whole life. But it struck me as I was working on this teaching, I've never actually taught about how does God do that? What does that look like? And um, as I was visiting with some people on the way in, one of them reminded me of a truth that I think would be really important. And that is the same God that doesn't make any two snowflakes alike. Okay, doesn't make any two people alike and doesn't speak exactly the same to any two people. Everybody, is everybody on board with that? So please don't listen this morning and go, well, that's how it works for Pastor Ron. That's how it has to work for me. Um, I'm going to teach you a principle that is true of all people. Okay? Just like there are principles that are true of all snowflakes, even though the actual shape of the snowflake uh, embodies that principle in a different form. Okay? And the principle will be true for all of us. And I want to start with an amazing thing. And, and, and because most of us have grown up 
um, in a quasi-Christian culture, what I'm going to say is not going to shake you up too badly. And yet in many parts of the world, it would be completely earth-shaking. And when Jesus laid it out for us, it shook the entire world because it was a brand new truth no one had ever heard before. And here it is on the screen. We have the wonderful privilege of being created by an all-powerful God who not only chooses to relate to us as our Father, but also loves to talk to us. I want us to just sit with that for a minute. That's big. That's huge. God could have been a rule giver and a judge and said, you know, crack the whip, toe the line. If you don't, I'm coming down on you. And unfortunately, in some churches, that's the way he's pictured, okay? But that is not him. He chooses to relate to us as a father. That's big. And he loves to talk with us. Now, there are many reasons I'm a Christian today. And it's not because it's the only thing I know. But here are a couple of the biggest reasons that I'm a Christian today. You'll see them on the screen. Number one, Christianity is the only world religion, the only one that will teach you these two things, that God is a personal being who wants to relate to us as a father. No other world religion comes anywhere close to that. They don't know anything about a father God. They don't know anything about us being God's children. It's just not there. And number two, Christianity is the only world religion that will teach you that God wants to actually talk with you. Hmm. How do I know that? Not how do I know it's the only world religion we'd have to get in and talk about all, all the other world religions, but how do I know God actually wants to be a father and wants to talk with us. Well, how about if we take God's word for it, all right? Here's what God said. God said, I will live with them. Talking about us. This is talking about the kingdom of Jesus. This is talking about the church. God said, I will live with them. And what's the next word? Have you ever thought about the fact that God walks through this life with you. I'll walk with them. He goes on to say, and I will be their God and they will be my people. I know it sounds a little crass, but you and I, we're God's peeps. <laughs> Got it? We're his kids. We're his people. He goes on to say, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters. Now let's just stop right there and ask ourselves a question. Why would we ever doubt that God wanted to speak to us? Because what kind of a father would not want to speak to his children? Good or bad, what do you think? 
horrible. Only a horrible father wouldn't want to speak to his kids. So one of the greatest things that you'll ever experience in life is to know that God is talking with you and to experience that. Jesus, God gives us this father-child picture. Jesus gives us the shepherd-sheep picture. And here's how Jesus said it as he was teaching. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. That's tender, isn't it? That's beautiful. And he goes on to say, my sheep, what? Know me. And they will listen to my voice. Oh, there's an implied reality there that Jesus is speaking to us. Wow. So let's take a look at some realities we can be sure of. Number one is our Father is constantly speaking to us. This morning, your Father has been speaking to you. Your Heavenly Father has been speaking to you. And you're going, what? Well, the problem wasn't He wasn't speaking. What do you think the problem might have been? <laughs> you have figured that out. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't all that tuned in, all right? Second reality, if we want to hear him, we have to, now this is a big important principle, we have to choose to be made alive to God. Wow. Made alive to God. And then we have to learn how to live alive to God. And that's what I want to press into. How can I, how can I be alive to God? You ever put on a set of headphones and one of the, the ear cuffs is dead? That, my friend, is frustrating, especially if you're trying to listen to music. Because half of the music falls out, right? Because that particular earphone is dead. Now, there is this wonderful teaching all throughout Scripture that God is wanting to talk to us. And there's this wonderful thing that bubbles up all throughout Scripture that we have a way to listen. But there's also this constant theme that it's possible for us to be dead to God's voice. I love teenagers. Okay. They are some of my favorite people in the world. But by golly, they can go dead to their parents. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. They have selective hearing loss. I think to some degree we all do. Here's the most fundamental understanding that you and I need to grasp. And then we're going to fold it out in Scripture, and then we're going to illustrate it. And the principle is right here. And that is, all the ways God speaks to us take place inside the context of spirit. That's his spirit. That's why it's capitalized. To spirit. That's your spirit. Communication. Now, there's a myriad of ways that this takes place. But it, but at, at its root level, 
It is a connection between the Spirit of God and the spirit of one of his children. And if that connection isn't made, all the other ways don't work. Because they all take place in that context. Now, Paul writes about this, and he explains it very interestingly. Take a look at this passage. Paul says, now the natural man. We're talking about the natural person that hasn't yet been made alive to God. It's sort of dead to God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. In other words, our natural being is dead to the Spirit of God. He's talking. Huh? We're not hearing. There's no connection. He goes on to say, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I'm talking to you right now via this microphone. Okay? And in my pocket is a broadcaster that broadcasts what I'm saying at a very specific frequency. And in the back at the soundboard, there is a receiver that's tuned into that frequency and therefore it receives the signal and it sends it to the soundboard, amplifies it, and that's why you can hear. What happens if this is not on the same frequency as the receiver? Nada. Nothing. You won't hear it because there's no connection, right? It would make a difference if I said it louder. It's not going to pick it up. And that's the whole point. There's this spirit-to-spirit connection. Now, in a different translation, it's said a little fuller, and I wanted to read a different translation of this same verse. Paul writes and says, the unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. Just doesn't work. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit. And then I love how he ties this off. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Wow. So at its base, what I'm teaching us this morning is that there's this thing in us where a couple weeks ago I taught that we are created in the image of God. We are created with the capacity to communicate with God spirit to spirit. But that capacity lies largely dormant in us until we choose to follow Jesus, where the Bible says we are born again or made alive in Christ. And when that happens, it wakes up this capacity in us to receive messages from God. Paul writes in Romans, And Paul says this, he said, I want you to live in such a way that you are dead to sin, but what? Alive to God, tuned in to God, where you can actually get a message. Um, 
Paul also writes and says, listen, if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive, how? To himself. That's pretty amazing. Paul writes a couple of verses later and says, listen, God's spirit testifies with our spirit. There's this this mutual communication that's going on that we are his children. Now listen, when God wakes that up in us, when we choose to say, God, would you move into my life? Would you enable me to be born again? Would you make me into something I could never make myself? Would you bring new life into my heart? And God does. Then there's a myriad of ways in which God can speak to us, and he does. Let's take a look at a few. And the first is through nature. Okay? In nature, the Bible says this, the heavens, notice how many words and phrases in here are communication phrases. The heavens declare. They're saying something. The glory of God. And the skies announce. They're saying something. What his hands have made. Day after day, they tell the story. Night after night, they tell it again. They have no speech and no words. Why? Because it's spirit to spirit. Right? And yet, Their message goes out throughout all the world and their words go everywhere on the earth. You know what that means? It means that right now, through nature, God is actually talking to you. Everywhere on the earth, God is talking to people everywhere. Some are tuned in. And unfortunately, some are just sort of dead. Wow. Go on, the the writer of the book of Job says this, look, ask the animals and they will teach you or ask the birds of the air and they will tell you. Again, notice all these talking words. Speak to the earth and it will teach you or let the fish of the sea tell you. Every one of these knows the hand of the Lord has done this. The life of every creature and the breath of all people are in God's hands. I remember sitting with a man who eventually became a good friend of mine. And he had lived most of his life as an atheist, at best an agnostic. And he enrolled in Western States Chiropractic College in Portland, Oregon, which is not a Christian college at all. But he enrolled in Western States to become a chiropractor. And he and his wife had started attending the church where uh, I was on the staff. And I asked him, I said, hey, do you believe in God? I will never forget his answer. He said, Ron, if you had asked me six months ago, I would have said either I don't believe or I'm not sure. But in the last six months, I have been studying the human body. And I can tell you somebody miles and miles and miles smarter than we are, put this thing together. How could I not believe? Wow. God was speaking to him. 
through nature. And he got it. Paul amplifies on this in Romans chapter 1 when he says this, God has shown himself to people. There are things about him that people cannot see. And he lists a couple here, his eternal power and all the things that make him God. Okay? And he goes on to say, but since the beginning of the world, those things have been easy to understand. Another translation says, made very plain. Got it? What is that? By what God has made so people have no excuse. I mean, God is talking to us all the time through nature. And yet, if we're dead to God, we don't hear anything. But if we're alive to God, a simple walk in nature can be so exhilarating. Yeah. God speaks to us through other people too. I just had a friend do this uh, this morning and um, we were talking about a trip that we're going to take to India and I was telling him about what I was going to teach about this morning and he said, hey, have you ever thought about taking that to India and teaching that in India? And when he was saying that to me, I just felt like the Spirit of God was saying, hey, listen. Yeah, listen. Paul writes about this and he, and he says, he says to us, don't be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. A fool is someone who pays no attention to what's being said to them. Got it? Don't be like that. But understand what the Lord wants. Don't be drunk with wine. Why? It's real hard to hear and pay attention. And maybe even harder to remember once you get sober again. In other words, nothing of any real good value is going to happen. He goes, that'll ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because there's this Spirit-to-Spirit thing that God wants to activate in, in our lives. Speak to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. I'm so thrilled with what Spike did this morning. He spoke to us in a hymn. For some of you, if you grew up around church, what a friend we have in Jesus. That's old school, right? Really old school. But you know what? The principle of that song is just as relevant today as it was the day it was written. And there's a beautiful way in which Spike got us reacquainted with the principles behind that song. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Why? Because we forget that Jesus is our friend and we go it alone. So the song says, take it to the Lord in prayer. So God not only speaks to us through nature and through others, he speaks to us through the Bible. But there's something cool here too. Take a look 
as, as the writer of Hebrews outlines this for us in Hebrews. He says, now listen, God's word is alive and active, and it's as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. I don't even want to go there in my mind, all right? <laughs> Cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to what? That would imply that God's speaking, right? Yes, to listen and obey. Follow me. When I have allowed my spirit to be made alive to God, when I pick up the Bible and read it, God begins to speak to me in ways that sometimes move me to tears and sometimes cause me to jump up and down and be so happy. Why? Because God is speaking to me. And yet, I would be the first to tell you there have been times in my life when I have picked up the word of God and read it and nothing happened. In one moment, I was alive to God. And in the other moment, I wasn't. So I didn't hear. The word of God to those who have been made alive to God is alive and powerful. Then God also can speak to us through supernatural signs. The prophet Joel wrote about this, talking about the coming of Jesus in this new kingdom. And here's what Joel wrote. God says, I will pour out my spirit, again, spirit to spirit, on all kinds of people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. I grew up thinking, that only happened rarely. Boy, was I wrong. I want to tell you, as we get ready to wrap up, I want to tell you some stories. There was a couple in our church several years ago. They started coming to our church from the very first Sunday. Sweet, sweet couple, Lou and Marilyn Schultz, for those of you who will remember them. Marilyn got sick and, and went on to be with Jesus. And Lou was so lonely. They'd been married decades. Lou was in his early 80s. But Lou was this very unique guy to whom numbers carried a really big significance. And almost every time I was with Lou and we'd be walking somewhere, he'd stop me and he'd go, look. And he would look on the ground and he would pick up a penny or a dime or a quarter. I was never, I used to tell him, Lou, you should just walk around. He'd be a rich guy by the end of the day. <laughs> was, he was always finding money. And I will tell you this, about every coin that was in Lou's pocket, he could tell you the date it was minted. Lou never got a coin that he didn't look at the date. And I was with him about three months after Marilyn passed. And I said, Lou, how are you doing, buddy? 
He said, Ron, I'm doing better now. Can I tell you a story? I said, sure. He said, you know, I've just been so lonely. And I miss Maryland so much. And he said, a couple days, I was walking into Safeway a couple days ago. I was walking into Safeway, and I looked on the ground, and there was a penny. And he said, I stooped down, I picked up the penny, and like I always do, I checked the date. Are you ready for this, friends? This is like 2010 to 2015. He said, I checked the date on the penny. It was a 1932 penny, the year Maryland was born. He said, I've been doing okay ever since. That was God telling me, I got her. And you're going to be with her again. Last Sunday, Monica sat up here. And in the interview, she shared a story with you. How that when she was feeling very unsafe as a small child, she prayed, God, would you pick me up and hold me? And she felt a hand reach down and pick her up and hold her. Listen, friends, this is the God who loves us and who loves to talk with us. A good friend of mine in this church was sharing with a number of us who were sitting in a circle and he's experienced a huge faith awakening in this church. And he was sharing with us, I have an hour commute every day to work. And he said, some, some time back, I decided that I was going to spend that hour on the way to work talking to God. Now, believe me, if you knew this guy, if you had said that to him a couple of years ago, you're going to spend your commute talking to God on the way to work. He would have said, what are you smoking? Because <laughs> that is not going to happen, right? And he was sharing with us in this circle. And he said, now, listen, I want you to get this. He said, at first, it was mostly me talking to God. But now it's become more of a conversation where I talk and then God talks and I talk and then God talks. Spirit to spirit communication. Another lady sitting in that same circle said, can I share a story? Yeah, sure, go ahead. She goes, last Sunday, I was sitting in church. And when the teaching was going on, I looked up at the screen. And on the video screen, in front of the video screen, I saw Jesus with his hands held out like this. She said, I've been having a terrible week. And I saw Jesus with his hands out like this. And there was a blue glow around him. And it was so real, I started looking around thinking, anybody else see this? And everybody else was just, yeah, video screen. 
It was Jesus saying to her, I'm here. I got this. Now, when we press in, when we say, Lord Jesus, would you make me alive to you? So that this stuff doesn't just fly by me and I'm just like going through like, and I miss it all. I want to get it. Then all of a sudden we become fully alive. I want to close with a couple of things. Take a look at the screen. I want to, start, I want to close with where we started. We have the wonderful privilege of being created by an all-powerful God who not only chooses to relate to us as our Father, but also loves to talk to us. There's the story of two different groups of people in Scripture, and they illustrate both sides of this. I want to emphasize on the way in, they were all children of God. Have you ever tried to get through a child and you felt like you weren't getting there? Are you a parent? Then you know that feeling, okay? I just want to walk us through. During Jesus' life, there were some people who chose to be his enemies and God was trying so hard to get through to them. Through Jesus, God was healing every sick person ever brought to him. That should have been a sign, right? Now, through Jesus, God was giving sight to people who were born blind. Who ever heard of that? Through Jesus, God was giving hearing to people who had never heard before. Through Jesus, God was taking atrophied limbs from stroke victims who had been paralyzed for years, and God was restoring them to full strength. Through Jesus, God was healing the most feared of all diseases. You know, there are some diseases in our world today that we consider currently there is no cure for them. In Jesus' day, leprosy was that disease. Jesus healed every leper who ever came to him. Through Jesus, he fed thousands of people with just one boy's little box lunch. Jesus walked on the water. He restored peace to the demon-possessed. He raised people from the dead. Was God trying to talk? The signs were everywhere. Even around his death. Take a look at what happened in just the, the, the hours around his death. On the cross, Jesus prayed for those who killed him. Who does that? Certainly not normal human beings, right? The sun went dark at midday. Would that get your attention? I think so. A massive earthquake happened when he died. 
That ought to get your attention. And what is more is famous people that everybody knew came out of the tombs and started appearing to people in the city of Jerusalem. Would that get your attention? Oh, yeah, should. The massive curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And Jesus raised himself from the dead. And he appeared to more than 500 people. Anybody here ever watch Hogan's Heroes? You know, Commandant Schultz? I see nothing. There was a group of people who just didn't see it. Friends, that's overwhelming. You know, when I read that list, I looked to heaven and I said, God, please don't ever let me be like that. Where you could speak so directly and I just missed it. But then there's this beautiful picture in scripture of King David who was probably sitting in his palace one day and writing the 119th Psalm. And a prayer came to his heart. And I want it to be our prayer today as we close. Here it is. David says, oh God, open my eyes. You know what he was saying? Make me alive to you. Open my eyes to see the wondrous truths in your teaching. Fred, if I could wish anything for all of us, it would be that we would be made alive to Jesus and alive to God so that he could speak to us day after day after day after day and we get it. Are you on board with that? So here, here's our deal. Would you, along with me, pray that prayer every day this week? Open my eyes so that I can see wondrous and wonderful truths in your teachings. God, make me alive to you because I want to walk through this life with you. We're going to move into a time of communion. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It's the beginning of the book of Hebrews. And the author says to us something wonderful. He said, you know, in times past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, speaking of the days of Jesus, he has spoken to us by his son. Listen, if you and I ever doubted that God loves us and that he cares. The day that Jesus died on the cross should have answered that question. For him to give his life for us, God has spoken to us through his son. And as we take communion, would you and I allow the son of God to speak to us 
and to give us a message. Listen, just before we do that, I want you to close your eyes if you would. If you're a parent, I want you to picture something. I want you to bring up on the screen of your mind the images of your children or your child if you have only one. And I want you to think in your heart how you feel about that, those kids. How much you love them. How drawn to them you are. How much, if you could even right now, you would walk up and put your arms around them and you would hug them. Now you can open your eyes. Did you know that's how God feels about you? You, my friend, are his child. As we partake in communion, may we receive the message through God's Son that we are God's loved children. I'll pray. Some music's going to play in the background. You can make your way to the tables around the outside of the auditorium and you can get the communion kits at New Life Communion is open to everyone. So if you want, if you want to honor Christ with us in that way, you can do it. It's optional. No one needs to feel obligated to do it. Uh, but if, if you want to, please feel free to. The bread represents his body that was broken for you. And the cup represents the lifeblood of Jesus that he gave on your behalf. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for relating to us as a father. Thank you for speaking to us. Would you help us to hear from you right now? Lord Jesus, we honor you. In your own name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.